Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, GU corner, halfback, flat, on two, ready, right. Now here's your host, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Good morning, Brock. How are you now? Good morning, Polly. I'm doing great. The azaleas are in full bloom. The birds are chirping. We're three weeks from the draft. Just doing great. Ooh, wait a yeah, second. Yeah, the Masters has started. Wait oh, a second. Yes. Are you? Yeah, it's begun. Are you? Are you going? Are you going, Brock? I am. Ah! <laughs> I'm so jealous. I You're am. going to the Masters? I am. I'm going to make my way down there flying tomorrow. Going to see some friends in Atlanta and drive out to Augusta Saturday and then get to be on the course. Do you have a badge? Sunday. I do. I get to walk the course on Sunday. You sound so relaxed. You're talking so smooth. Good for you, buddy. This is going to be fun. I'm going to have some stories to tell on Monday. Probably be on my phone Monday morning, uh, but I will have some stories to tell on Monday. Yeah. Don't. Don't crash your buddy's conversion van because I know that's happening. No, 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 before no, no not going to do that. No, thankfully he moved. Yeah, he actually okay. moved. Uh, he's no longer there. So okay, yeah, won't won't have that issue. And never been to Augusta. Been to Atlanta a lot. The suburbs of Atlanta a lot. Little brother coached down there. Been to South Georgia. The drive from beautiful Tallahassee back to Atlanta from for multiple games, but never never east. Never all the way out to to Augusta, which I didn't realize is right on the border of South Carolina. I mean, it's basically South Carolina, so it's going to be pretty fun. Question one for you, Brock. Jake and Stacy had a conversation yesterday, and Stacy said, I promise you, every single defensive lineman on this team is thinking, all respect to Jabal Adams, but it better be a defensive lineman leading the team in sacks this year. Is that actually that's going something that's going to take place? Will a defensive lineman... A starting defensive lineman, seeing as it was Rasheem Green in 2019, actually lead the Seahawks in sacks this mm, year? I sure hope so. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with Stacy that that is the sentiment in that room. Like, Jamal, that's awesome, and, and you're terrific at it, and we're absolutely still going to use that asset. And and if he gets Jamal eight or nine sacks, that would be great, but I would I would hope that uh, a Carlos Dunlap or, or others or Benson Mayo, if he can stay healthy all season, uh, you know, the Daryl Taylor kid that they believe in and that they believe has a bunch of upside. I would hope that you could generate it from that four-man rush rather than having to bring extra people. So that is what that D-line thinks. Those D-linemen think that uh, sacks equals equals payday. And uh, I remember way back when in Indianapolis, that was, that was all plastered all over the defensive line room with sacks with a, that S being a money sign because they knew that's how you got paid. That's how you disrupted the game. And I think that is the expectation and hope in that room. Which of the defensive linemen has the best chance of breaking through? And I, I'll include in that group, Daryl Taylor, Rasheem Green. I'll put LJ Collier. He's established himself as a starter. Who, who else should be there? Alton Robinson. Mayo, what kind of we know what he is. Out of those four guys, who do you think has the best chance of taking a step forward? Carlos Dunlap's your starter. You know ben, what Benson Mayo is going to provide as a reserve. Jamal I'd, say old be... Ro- I'd say Alden Robinson. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Taylor is just such a total and complete wild card, beat up, and, and inconsistent just from availability standpoint in college, Danny. So, I, yeah. I mean, I, that's just – LJ's – he's just not twitchy enough. Maybe as an inside pass rusher – 
regime also you know we've we've kind of seen seen a lot of that story played out and I mean, if, if Rasheem Green or LJ Collier were to get you five sacks, I think you feel pretty good about that. You talk about Benson being, you know, kind of a six, seven sack guy. You hope Dunlap's double-digit guy. But Alton Robinson, what, second leading sacker, I do believe, amongst all rookies last year in the NFL, yep. behind only Chase Young. And, and we know that that guy is just a generational rusher. So, uh, yeah, I think an Alton Robinson taking that next step from, you know, four to six to eight, you know, can can he do that? Is he capable of doing that? Man, that's a lot of confidence you gain as a rookie a season ago. Flashing signs of that, a consistent off season, knowing that you have Carlos on the other side and Benson, and hopefully continuing to learn and grow out of those four. I would put my money on Alton. Where did he go to college, guys? Where did Went he go? to Syracuse. Oh, didn't know school that. that has produced more big name NFL players without winning much of consequence in college. Yeah. No, no institution can 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 brag the level of Hall of Fame talent that Syracuse has with having almost nothing to show for it. At least we're not producing level. Bishop Sankey's and Jake Lockers. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold up! <laughs> huh? <laughs> pew pew! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Question two. I mean, Buda Baker's pretty good. Uh, Bay is just won a yeah, Super Bowl. The defensive side is very good, yes. The offensive side's weirdly not been good. Marcus yeah. Peters, always entertaining, right? The guy's done some things. <laughs> you don't want to be classified as a Husky, though, Dan, so you got to be careful. Well, that's true. He got booted. Uh, I, I do want to know exactly what he said to Jimmy Lake that got him kicked off the last time. I think there's some pretty good stories there. Yes. Uh, question two. Have we given up the ghost on Seattle trading players to get back into the top of the draft order? Three weeks out from, from today, yes. Mm-hmm. My answer today, three weeks out, yes. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know, Danny, who who that would be. I, I think they're probably working behind the scenes to, to try to find something with Jamal Adams. That's going to be the next, whenever that is, you, you all know that's going to be your next huge talking point, right? <laughs> Whether that yes. thing gets done quietly behind the scenes and there's nothing but kudos and applause and, and more congratulations for the group and everything they've done this season, or if we hear finally from Jamal and we hear some stinky poo uh, and some smoke go up and some fire uh, that he's not happy. So, Three weeks from uh, from today, Danny. Yes, I, I, I I've given that up. I, I don't I don't know what player there is. Tyler has been locked up. Uh, I don't think you have that asset that's going to be movable for significant resources back. More than anything, you're probably looking at trading down in the second for another third and fourth, and trading down in third to get another fourth, fifth, and sixth, and you know trying to get you know five or six draft picks as best you can from that second round pick you have right now. But uh, I, I don't see a player as we sit here right now to make that move. Let's ask this about Jamal Adams. You want to extend him. If you don't, that creates a whole new sort of decision tree. Do you try and get the extension done before the draft with the thought of, hey, if this isn't going to get done, I'd like to trade him for picks this year? That would be some of my thinking, Danny. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that would be, you know, the, but I, I see that likelihood. I can hear yeah. John Clayton just groveling right now. Just Yeah, he doesn't like that. I, I brought it up with him before. Yes. He doesn't like Oh, that. come on. Oh, come on. This is stupid. Why are we doing this? Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So I, I, I think they're... I think there's some sunk cost. I think that they've anteed up. I think they like yeah. him. I, I, they do I like him. All, they do. I mean, everybody should, right? Yes. Yeah, I think they love the way that he fits, and now they're just going to try to find a way to, to love one another with a number that works between the two sides.
And the difficult thing would be, too, getting good value in return. I doubt you're going to get two first-round picks and a third-round pick for Jamal Adams, you know? Nope. I mean, if it's a quarterback we're talking about, then maybe that's a different discussion. What do you think you get for him? Well, you have to, I think, incorporate that 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 just looming contract that whoever's yeah. going to trade no, for there's him no doubt. Be, yeah. so, so who has that kind of dough right now with the market conditions anyway? Right with a, with a shrunken cap for this year. Now you could put a deal together with a small number for this season and make it a five or six year deal with some voidable years and blah 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 blah. And do everything you can do, but whomever is going to to trade, you know, for him is also going to have to to to, yeah. hope to put that deal together, and that just makes it rather damning to me. Question three, Brock. Tom Brady was on Good Morning America yesterday, and he acknowledged that after being in New England for so long, that when he went to Tampa Bay and obviously won there, that, wow, there's more than just the Patriot way, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking, what is the Seahawks way? And have they perhaps strayed from it since the Super Bowl days? No, I don't. I mean, I think the Seahawk way is just Pete Carroll leads this organization with a guiding light of positivity that believes in his players and builds them up and, and wants them to, to be everything that they can be, that the, that the program maximizes every resource and every asset possible, is built an incredible palace on the lake over there, empowers their players in every single way. And I, I don't think any of that any of that has changed. I think it is very different than the way that Bill leads in the Northeast. And, and I think what you hear from Tom is, wow, you can actually have some joy doing this. You can actually love the process. You can actually smile and be positive and not cynical and negative about everything. And then you can enjoy going to work and have a, and have a competitive edge to it without it just, you know, being a, a burden and, 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 and difficult and demanding every single day. So yeah, I, th- I found it, fascinating over the last 12 years as, as Pete has been here to compare and contrast those two because they do it wildly different. Uh, they're incredibly competitive, but you couldn't kind of find any more Northeast to Northwest way than Bill Belichick to Pete Carroll. The one thing about the Seahawks way or what Pete has done, I think there's a flexibility in his scheme that isn't present in other coaches. I think it, I think it takes into account like he's willing to use a a wide array of players with physical traits. He's not a guy that, hey, my my middle linebacker has to be 6'4 and 250 pounds or don't bring that dude in the door. He's not someone that has these these rigid specs. I guess as close as you've got is some of the, the length of corners. He likes longer corners. He's got a flexibility about it, though, and I think that goes to his willingness to work with personalities as well. Belichick's got all that flexibility in terms of schematics. He will adjust yes, he everything and, and, and get and and tweak for the opponent. But he does not have a wide flexibility when it comes to the personality types that he will deal with. You either you either get in line with what he's doing or you're going to be miserable and probably not long for that team. Yes, and I would say, Danny, scheme wise, flexibility wise, the last couple of years, especially defensively. I think you've seen more creativity from Pete to play to those players' strengths. And the fact that Jamal Adams set an all-time NFL record for a safety, you know, that was the first question of the day today. But, you know, to, to, to do that from, from that position and unleash that beast and play to his strength, I mean, that's always that has always been his deal, as the best coaches are. And that is, I want to maximize my players' strengths and minimize what they don't do well. And and those that can do that in the NFL and, and as you said, adapt along the way, 
typically have the most success, and it's been a pretty pretty remarkable sustain, sustained success for, for Pete and for Russ and for John and the continuity of those guys for a decade plus. On the outside. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Danny. That is blue 42. On the I was going to wrap it up, so go. Okay. On the outside looking in, I've always felt that they do a really good job of making sure that talent enjoys their time here yes. as much as they possibly can, yep. which is definitely unique and almost the exact opposite yep. of what New England does. And I, I wonder going forward because it's different. I mean, the personalities on this team are just different than they were. The boisterous guys that you once had, you don't see them anymore. And is there perhaps a need to find those guys that maybe push those other players in the locker room? A conversation oh, Danny's definitely brought up several yeah. times before to maybe get some of that back. And maybe Jamal Adams is the first step I, on that. Yeah, front. I think I just wrote his name down. I think as he gets paid, right? Last year, he's, you know, gets traded. And what is this place? There's no off season. It's a totally bizarre year. There's no fans. There's no noise. There's no none of that. And, you know, he, he got banged up early, battled through some injury, missed some weeks, and, and then, you know, finished pretty darn strong, although still beat up. I think the minute that dude's uh, scars and incisions are healed, the minute he signs that new contract, uh, there's going to be a, a new really loud voice at the back end of that secondary and in that locker room that's going to resonate for some years. Brock, it's always fun to have you here for Blue 42. You gonna buy the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight next weekend? No. Like me? No. 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 I want to see. Ben, I want to see Ben Askren. I want to see Ben Askren avenge our. our, our yeah, Brock. You don't want vengeance for Nate? Come on. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Nope, uh, barely know those names. I do know those names, but I barely know those names. But I will send you a picture of the pimento cheese. Monday I do want to. I do want to see that. I do want to see the pimento cheese sandwich. What are they? A buck fifty? I think they're 50. a buck fifty. Buck fifty. I think they're a buck fifty. I think it's a buck fifty pimento cheese sandwich. I would like to see a picture of that. And we're Brock, in the books. Thanks. We're in the books Wednesday. You and me, three hours there on the go. rebound. Let's, Let's do, do this. All right, Brock. Enjoy. Travel safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. See thanks, you boys. Brock.